murder lovers. This is Brie. Oh, let's try that. <laughs> Were you going to say Fatina? I, I was. <laughs> I was going to say Fatina. And I'm Brie. <laughs> and you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true guy podcast. Welcome back. Today's case, it, it, it has blown my mind. It blew my mind like four different times. Cool. It is, uh, so trigger warning, there is a de- uh, death of an infant. Okay. Um, there is child abuse. There is also child grooming. And Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, just brace yourselves because there's or an incest. So, all of the things. Oh my god, I'm already so oh. anxious about what you're talking. About. There's so many things. <laughs> so I I hope I can pronounce this correctly. I had heard it a couple different ways, but the most common way of pronouncing it is platal, and that's P L A D L for the last name of okay. this family, Plato family. The basis of all this um, is incest. Okay. So I learned a lot more about incest than I ever thought I would ever learn. Or wanted to. <laughs> or wanted to learn. Um, and actually, no, I, I want to know more about it now. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm like trying to excuse it. <laughs> but Happily just to married. understand. <laughs> just to understand okay. it. And I think it's it's... A newer type of, um, not science, but there's a, it's a newer term and newer concept that's being accepted mm-hmm. by psychologists. Or there's a term for it now, too. So so what I'll, I'll start off with, this is, you know, the, the Plato—I um, just named it the Plato incest case, but <laughs> the Plato family case. And this all starts off with Stephen Plato. He, at this time in— Oh, I don't know exactly what year he was born, but he was 20 years old at the time in 1986. And at that time, he met Alyssa, who was 15 years old. And he was 20. He was 20. Okay. He was in New York at the time, and I believe she was in North Carolina. Okay. From there, he traveled over to her, still being this age to start a relationship. Okay. I don't have kids. (laughs) I don't have a daughter specifically. But if a 20-year-old grown-ass man shows up at my front step... For your 15-year-old daughter. For my 15-year-old daughter, he has a whole other thing coming. Totally. He has cops coming. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to hurt him. (laughs) And he may or may not have a shotgun in his face if you're... Yeah. Just say it. Cops are gonna ask me to lower my weapon. Exactly. <clears throat> no, like all joking aside, like it's it literally would not happen. No. Under my house. A hundred percent no. The, unless there was lies and I was told that he was younger, I'd still be like, Where are your parents? You came from New York. It, right. So this is not happening. Right. Somehow, some way this happened. They met up and they started living together. Mm-hmm. They started an actual face-to-face relationship. I think they it says that they met online, which is kind of weird and early for 1986. 96. 96. Makes a little more sense. Yeah. Sorry. 
Why did I put 88? That's when I was born. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, when he was so, 20. Yeah, when he was 20. So it was 1996 when he was 20. And not too much after they started living together and whatnot. Um, I don't know how Alyssa's parents let this happen or not allowed it to happen, but I think a lot of parents, and we'll talk about this a little bit later too, is they take the stance of, I'm going to kind of allow it because I don't want to like push my kid away. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to have no contact with their kid and right. have absolutely no idea what they're doing. So they, to a certain extent, just put up their arms and they're like, all right, just be right. safe, I guess. I don't know. I could understand some parents being in a position of that, like not wanting, wanting to like rock the boat with their relationship yeah. with their kid and like trying to like re-put it into, into perspective of, well, five years isn't that much, you know, when you right. really think about it. But the the maturity level difference yes. of a 15 to a 20 year old is huge, is huge in those age ranges but i can i can see that being condoned to a certain extent like you said like my parents are 20 years or 20 years holy crap they're 10 years apart sure you know but my mom was 22 and my dad was 32 when Mm -hmm. they met so it's not a 15 year old 15's a kid exactly so so anywho they got together they started living life and not too much after Alyssa was pregnant Alrighty, and they had a kid, had a baby named Denise, little girl, and this was in, in January of 1998. <laughs> and apparently after Denise was born, they were living together, and Alyssa noticed that Stephen was very angry, would get very angry too much. Mm-hmm. And when the baby was crying, as a baby does, right, he would pinch it. He would pinch Denise to where it would leave bruises. I don't know how you think that's going to make a baby stop crying. Exactly. And when the crying continued, and I couldn't find solid information on this, only Alyssa's accounts, was that he would put baby Denise in a cooler, shut the cooler, until there was little to no air in there. What? Yeah. To stop the baby from crying. Like a like a camping cooler? That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. What the fuck? A cooler. So when and and Alyssa now says that there was other abuse, but there's no details of what it is. So I I'm like my mind goes crazy thinking of what other abuse Steven was doing to this other kid. I don't know if that was other physical abuse or sexual abuse. Um, but if you're pinching and putting your kid in a fucking cooler, the possibilities are endless of absolutely. the other abuse that's yep. being projected. So, at the age of when Denise was eight months old, Alyssa, because she was only 17 at this time, right, made the decision that they were going to put her up for adoption. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty drastic. That's huge. Yeah. After eight months of being with that kid. Mm-hmm. Things must have been really bad. Totally. For her to be like, hey, best option is for her to just be up for adoption. Right. In some cases, that might be the best decision, right? Sure. And it sounds like it was in this case. Right. So they were, or she was, Denise, adopted by a family, um, the Fusco family, F-U-S-C-O. Very loving family. They had other children. They had families. They, at this point, 
sorry. Okay. Got a little excited there. <laughs> At this point, uh, had already had their childbearing years, and they were in retirement age, just approaching retirement age, and they wanted nothing else than to help another little, you know, kid into this world right. and help him grow up nice and safe and, and give him everything and provide everything that the kid could want. Right. So they renamed her from Denise to Katie. Okay. So Katie Fusco at this time. Katie had a normal, great childhood. She was great at art. <laughs> she was very artistic. Cute. She drew comics. She was known for her comics while she was in high school. And she eventually wanted to go to Dutchess Community College in Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. I'm going to get fucking dragged for that. (laughs) New York. It's Um, okay. I was listening to a podcast a while ago, and they were trying to pronounce Snoqualmie up in Washington. And it was painful. And I just wanted to be like, get Snoqualmie. (laughs) (laughs) So it's fine. I mean. Okay. Yeah. We can't all be perfect at pronunciation. I dare you to pronounce Willamette. Yeah. So, exactly. ha, take uh-huh. that. <laughs> or Cooch Street. Spell yeah. that. Uh-huh. It's not how it's you think. It's not how you think, but we do have a Cooch Street. Way more Street. G-rated. Yeah. Sorry. So she had aspirations of following a digital advertisement degree and follow her passion into art. There's a lot of quotes out there from her that say you know her life revolves around art and like without art like life is nothing for her and Mm -hmm. she really enjoys it um fun fact about her some friends called her (laughs) pac-man and that's because she ate everything nice (laughs) she was a snacker i'm sure girl after my own heart yes i love it so right after high school that was her goal as soon as she graduated to go off to college to continue this art you know pursuit of art and in her degree But as soon as she turned 18, and I couldn't find very detailed information on this as far as how and when it happened. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she grew up knowing that she was adopted. Okay. Or if she was told at a certain point that Mm -hmm. she was adopted. Either way, she was told. Okay. And there, somewhere down the line, I think closer to 18, she took a melon DNA test. Uh And... Through that, and with the help of social media, she was able to find her birth parents, Stephen and Alyssa. Oh, wow. I'm assuming Facebook. Probably. Probably. No, MySpace. Or MySpace, yeah. Well, 2017, probably Facebook-ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, at this point, she sends a message to Alyssa mm-hmm. because she thinks she's found her birth mom, right? Sure. And she sends a coy message that's like, hey, I don't know if you are comfortable with this, but I wanted to reach out and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the first message went left on red mm-hmm. because Alyssa was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were aware of the name change. Yeah, I was going to say because she wouldn't have recognized the exactly. name. Exactly. Yeah. But probably looks familiar. Sure. And they... Um, they would be around the same age, too, mm-hmm. right? Someone right. reaching out to her. Right. And at this point, Alyssa and Stephen, after a couple of years after giving up Denise for adoption, uh, they had this change of heart, or I guess this maturity increase, and they said, okay, we're ready to have kids now. Mm-hmm. So they did have two kids. By this time in 2016, 
um, of their own, two other girls. Wow, that's crazy. Because if I was with somebody that was putting my baby in a cooler from the get-go, I'd be like, uh, that's, see you later. That's see, what I said. See you never, yes. actually. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, wait. She, she gave her kid up for adoption because of the abuse it was enduring through this man's hands. Exactly. Ended up marrying him and having more children with right. him. Like, something must have drastically changed, but I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. So, um, they there was a second message where Katie messaged Lissa again mm-hmm. and was and sh- sent her a screenshot or some proof from the DNA test that said they were familiars, familiars <laughs> like they're witches, <laughs> um, but that they were family, indeed family members. Right. So in, instead of going to college after high school. Katie was invited to move in with Alyssa, Stephen, and their two kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. Can't judge it, but maybe they, you know, after some talking, they're like, hey, do you want to come spend summer with us? Sure. That's what it sounds like it started. Okay. That's how it, that's how I'm picturing it, that that's probably how it happened. Like, hey, you do have two sisters. She's obviously showing an interest in getting to know her birth parents. Mm -hmm. At this point, her adopted parents said they they gave her the green light. There was no stopping her. She's 18 at this point. They, I don't know if they encouraged it, but they definitely didn't stop her. Not that they could, but I'm sure a parent's opinion would definitely matter. Right. I wonder if her adopted parents knew anything about the abuse prior to them adopting her. I don't think so. Yeah. Because if I had been the adoptive parents, uh, be like, no, absolutely not. It would be tough information to share with that person. Like, hey, like your biological father pinched you and put you in a cooler when you were a newborn. Right. Like, don't contact him. Right. Like, there's no reason to. But, anyways, they gave her the green light. Yeah, they gave her the green light. So she goes, and it's uh, when she does go out to stay with. The, the new established Plato family, so the four of them plus Katie, there is already a rift between Alyssa and Stephen. Their marriage is not great. Okay. At this point, they're already sleeping in separate bedrooms. So they were not having a, you know, great marriage. Mm-hmm. Before long, um, you know, so everything was fine. They were sharing family time together. Sure. And Alyssa noticed that Steven started changing the way he looked. He, like, cut his hair a different way, was wearing tighter clothes, was wearing, like, skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. Just stuff that he normally hadn't worn and was kind of changing his demeanor. Some would say to, like, try to act cooler and younger. Sure. So Alyssa didn't like that. That was just kind of weird for her, but she does notice that. And then she also notices that even though they're sleeping in separate beds, Stephen is going to sleep in Katie's bedroom's floor overnight. Yeah, no. Weird. Beyond. I'm like, uh, okay, no. No. That's your daughter. Uh-huh. No. 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 <laughs> You can make her some mac and cheese if you yeah, want. Make up totally. some lost time. but mm-hmm. So he's sleeping in her bedroom floor. And he explains it away that that's, you know, that's just what he wants to do. He wants to spend more time with his daughter. Yeah, you don't need to be sleeping on her bedroom no. floor, you fucking weirdo. 
in. So they officially get separated. Okay. Alyssa moves out with the two girls. And Katie and Steven stay in the same house. Okay. So things get weird. Yeah. Uh, from here. Soon after, in May of 20, May 23rd of 2017, Alyssa reads her 12-year-old's diary. Something is weird with the girls. Okay. And just so you guys know, the 12-year-old and the younger girl, who I believe is like seven at this time, both of their names have been completely kept out of this. Sure. The mom has fought that, like, everything's kept anonymous. Mm-hmm. Their names, their pictures are not out there. They're not part of this case. They don't Luckily, need to be put out there. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to be tarnished like that. So I'll say 12-year-old a lot. So she finds her 12-year-old's diary. I don't know if she finds it. Some cases say that, um, or some sources say that Stephen handed her her 12-year-old's diary for her to read, knowing what was in it as a way for her to find out what was happening. That sounded, like, really cryptic. But the diary, like, opened everything just up there was so much said in just a couple entries from the 12 year old she says katie is my big sis and some of this has been um edited or crossed out because of names and whatnot right um so let me give you the summary on this one i mean it's a 12 year old's writing oh wow okay but she's being really she's being really detailed for a 12 year old Mm -hmm. and what she goes on to say is really fucking scary um, she says that she doesn't like Katie. Um, she said that she was really skinny in some areas and had smaller breasts a couple of months ago, but now, um, she has gained some weight and her dad calls her baby, also his baby. And she's asking, did he make her pregnant? My dad's even asking me to call her stepmom. What the fuck? Well, she wrote WTF, so I'm just giving you the full thing. Um, So that's the gist of it. So that is when Alyssa finds out that Katie is indeed pregnant by her biological dad. Oh, my God. And he's asking his two other girls to call their sister stepmom. Alyssa does the right thing. She goes out and gets an order of protection against him uh-huh. for the two kids as well. Right. So there is, at this point, no contact. And because of that order of protection, it started the ball rolling on officials being aware that this might be an ancestral relationship. Yeah, totally. So in July, on July 20th, 2017, so two months after this diary entry was found out, they went to Maryland to get married. Okay. And not that Maryland allows ancestral marriages. They just omitted that from the application for marriage. Okay. And then from there, they moved to North Carolina together. Okay. In September of 2017, their baby boy was born. Mm-hmm. They named him Bennett. In... On January 27th, 2018, um, Virginia, so Maryland police, okay, <laughs> um, 
officially charged them with incest with an adult, both of them, with adultery and contributing to delinquency. Oh, wow. I don't know exactly how that last charge fits in. Uh Uh-huh. But they're like, you know what? Just got to throw it on. Sure, we're just going to throw it on. You did something delinquent. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, totally. See what sticks. Right. Had they been um, found guilty of these charges, um, it would have been up to a 10-year sentence. I wonder if it was because they went to Maryland to get married with Mm. the intent of trying to deceive the system. That might be it. So that I could see being a delinquent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be it. Yeah. You're right. Uh, For both of them, they each had a million dollar bond. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. They were were like, yeah, no, we're not just going to let you out. Sure. (laughs) So in February, um, I'm assuming this was at the beginning of February, they were extradited back to Virginia to face these um, these charges. Mm -hmm. Um, They were both released on bond, but ordered to have no contact. And for Katie, until trial happened, or until they had their day in court, was to move with her adoptive parents mm-hmm. in New York until this all settled up. Meanwhile, Bennett was given to Stephen's mom for custody, okay. which I found odd. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just me. Why wouldn't the kid be given to the mother? Right. To, like, the actual mother, not yeah, yeah. his grandma. Mm-hmm. I guess either way, that's his... No, because that's... She's the grandmom and great-grandma. Yeah. That's The great-grandma-grandma. Mm-hmm. So either way, the baby was... Baby Bennett was given to her for custody. He was ordered no contact with everyone. So, mm-hmm. like, it was a tripod. No one could have contact with anyone. Right. And so they were both out on bond. And as it happens... Um, so, yeah, I'm assuming they were just, like, waiting around for... For this to come around and their dates and whatnot. Right. And Stephen probably thought, you know, we're going to go through with this court stuff and we'll probably just end up being a happy family back together. Like, no matter what, mm-hmm. love's going to persevere. Like, we love each other, blah, right. blah, blah. So <laughs> that's <laughs> not what happened. While Katie was with her adoptive parents, I don't know if it was them or just her on her own, but she had a change of heart. About the entire situation, about oh, wow. being with her dad, right? As a romantic person, uh huh. So on April eleventh, Katie broke that no contact order, picked up the phone, and called Stephen. Okay. April eleventh, two thousand eighteen. We don't know the details, but the gist of it is, I don't want to be with you anymore. Right. I don't know if she said anything like, "Hey, what we're doing is not right," sure. or "I've changed my mind," or. I don't love you anymore. Like, it had to be something severe, but the gist of it is, I don't want to be with you anymore. Right. Stephen doesn't take this right. Doesn't take this lightly at all. Of course. And what he does from there is that he goes and picks up Bennett from his mom's house. Mm-hmm. And Which tells he her, was not allowed to have contact with. Right. Okay. And he tells his mom. That he's picking him up and taking him to Katie for Katie to see him. Mm-hmm. She doesn't tell him about the call yet mm-hmm. that Katie gave him. I don't know why the mom let the baby go. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm, I'm going to need to see some paperwork to let yeah. you 
have contact with the baby. you're not even supposed to have contact with the baby, then go and take it to the mom who you're also not supposed to be having contact with. 600 miles away. Oh, he okay. There's 600 miles away. Yeah, no. Because they're in Nightingale, North Carolina, while her parents are from New York. Mm-hmm. And that, was, York, right? and that was his intent, was to take Bennett all the way up to New York to see Katie. That's what he told his mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, surprise, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't surprise. take the baby to Katie. What he does instead is he goes to his house and he kills the baby. He then puts Bennett in a closet jumps in his car, and drives 600 miles north up to Katie's parents' house. Oh, my God. Nonstop. To make a special delivery, I'm assuming. Well, he left the baby at the house. Oh. He left the baby in the closet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He drove up by himself 600 miles north. So he went to Katie's parents' house. He knew their cars. He knew them. Oh, did I tell you they got married? <laughs> Sorry. I might have to insert in that there. That who got married? That him and his daughter got married. Yeah, that him and Katie got married? Yeah. Yeah, in Maryland. Oh, yeah. I did say that. Yeah. Let me add this piece in there. Okay. Sorry. No, that's Before okay. I go back. Because then I'll just switch it into there. Mm-hmm. She posted pictures of their marriage. Okay. Of them getting married lakeside. His mom was there. Stephen's mom. Mm-hmm. Both of her parent, adoptive parents were there. Okay. She's very pregnant in these pictures. Oh, jeez. And here, I'll show you some of the pictures. And, of course, I'll post these guys. This, these are some of the pictures that they posted for their wedding. Okay. Very classy. They're not unclassy. If you didn't oh, know any classy. different, if you didn't know any different, they just look like a normal post for your wedding. Yeah. Lakeside wedding, super small, very totally. intimate wedding. Right. And there's one more. So here's the whole family. And that's them all standing around them. Mm-hmm. So there's no hiding who they are to each other. Right. And wow, that's at wild. this point, her parents, her adoptive parents, had to have known that she was now pregnant by her biological father. Right. And they did not stop it. Sure. Not and it's weird because they're adults, right? When I say like stop it, they're not going to like I don't know if I don't think they were condoning it. They either. didn't not show up to show the fact that they didn't support what was happening. Right. I, I don't protest, know. Protest, goddammit. Yeah, protest. exactly. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I'm not showing up to this wedding. Right. There's few things I wouldn't show up for a wedding for. That's one That's of them. That's definitely one of them. That's definitely one of them. Um, also, I would have been the first to call the police. That <laughs> 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 something like that happened. And it's gross to think that he did the same thing to her mom. Right. To have her. Exactly. That he was an adult and she was an underage uh-huh. kid. Anyway, so the cycle was just there. The oh signs were there. Um, Sorry, I had to show you those pictures because it, it helps you see kind of like how their environment was. Like, yeah, everyone was kind of okay with it. 
they were acting okay with it. Right. It was weird. Okay. Uh, and then I'll go back and add this other part. And so after he leaves little baby Bennett in the closet, mm-hmm. um, he drives up 600 miles north to Katie and parent, uh, Katie's parents' house, where Katie is at. Right. And he waits outside in his car. And he waits for them to get in his car, get in their car and leave mm-hmm. for the day. So he got there very early in the morning. Um, as they're pulling out, he follows them down the road. And when they got to a four-way stop sign intersection, he pulls up on the passenger side and with an AR-15 type <gasps> rifle, shoots both Katie and her dad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In the middle of the road, broad daylight. At this that guy point, is nuts. So absolutely nuts. What? Oh yeah. my god! It's one of those things where, like, fortunately, unfortunately, there was a, I believe, a, an off-duty paramedic or firefighter um, mm-hmm. at one of the other stop signs. Right. Has saw the whole fucking shit show go down. Sure. And there's a 911 call, which uh, maybe I'll include here, but if not, I'll put on the socials. It's kind of graphic, so I'll put it probably, if I do put it on Murder Lovers. Right. And they, he calls in very, he's doing what he's trained to do, right? Mm -hmm. Give the facts. Here's the location. Here's what happened. Here's what I see. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I can understand that why he's so even keeled about this. But he's very succinct, and he says, I just saw a person pull up to this car, shoot two people. They are dead. Here's the intersection. Here's the direction the car took off. Here's a brief description. Right. He initially thinks that it's a South Carolina plate on the car. Okay. And then he, later on the call, he says, actually, it might have been North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they ask him, you know, are you sure they're dead? Their brains are on the ground. I have a good feeling that they're deceased. Her adoptive mom is not there, luckily. Uh Uh-huh. And honestly, I want to say that his, her dad was just a casualty of being there. Sure. And not that he was the intended target. Right. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, there really wasn't any reason Right. For him to want to go after him. Exactly. I think if anything, it was just her. Yeah. That he was intending to harm. And her dad just happened to be in the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong time. So, of course, both Katie and her dad were DOA. Uh-huh. Um, and after that, the timeline gets a little fuzzy here. Because now you're talking cross states. Now you've got two crime scenes. Sure. One that it's definitely known because it was out in the public. The uh-huh. second one, no, no, no one knows about. Right. Baby Bennett. So what he does at that point is that he calls his mom. And he confesses not only what he had just done to Katie and to her dad, but he also confesses what he had done to baby Bennett. Oh, my God. At least not the what, because he didn't want to tell her exactly how he killed him. Right. But just that he... That he's there. Yeah. So... She, or he told his mom, Stephen told his mom that he had received a phone call from Katie breaking up and that baby Bennett was in the closet. There was a key under the mat for police to get in 
for her to call the police to have someone go get baby Bennett. And so his mom is now calling mm-hmm. the police, asking someone to go do what at that point, if you get someone calling in to say, hey, there's a dead body in this house, it's kind of weird. Right. So they called it a welfare check on baby Bennett. Okay. So it was a welfare check that ended up being a homicide scene. Sure. But, um, so they found baby Bennett from what I can, from what I could find, it sounds like it was strangulation uh-huh. or some kind of suffocation. Yeah. So it was like a soft kill type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, you can, you can hear the pain in the mom's voice, of course. Now oh, she's, she's got to feel so <gasps> guilty. Yeah. And after that phone call, after he's left the fucking mess at that intersection with Katie and her dad, there is, um, you know, now they're on the lookout for his description of his car. Mm -hmm. I believe it's like a blue blue vehicle. Um, Not too far down the road, a couple miles later, he goes and um, parks the car and takes his own life. Oh, my gosh. Which... To me is, this can probably catch some flack. It's cowardly. Like, to yeah. me, that seems like the coward's way out. Well, you just did all of that damage yeah. to then just... I'm take- sorry, all of his actions were cowardly. I meant, like, everything. Yeah, like- yeah. I mean, you just did all that damage to just take your own life because you didn't want to pay the consequences of everything right. that you had just done. And, but then sometimes, sometimes I'm kind of like, all right, well, whatever. I don't want my tax dollars That's to go true. towards keeping you alive and you in feeding a prison you. Cell. Yeah. But, yeah. oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. horrific. So, freaking crazy, right? From beginning to end. Yeah. Like that, that is a crazy story. Um, and then, so what I learned about this um, disorder Order, I don't know what it is. Sure. Um, condition or I guess um, feeling. I don't know what to call it. If it's a diagnosis, oh can you be gosh. diagnosed with this? Um, it's genetic sexual attraction uh-huh. called GSA yeah. for short. So I'll say GSA instead of this whole mouthful. Uh, so this is the actual description of it. It says genetic sexual attraction is described as a phenomenon of intense attraction between biological family members that can occur after close relatives are reunited after a long period of separation. Generally, gen- Generally, in adoption situations, this affects families separated from birth or very early in the life of the adopted child. Yeah. So, how... And I did some more reading on it. And what it seems like is that kids who are separated at an early age, like that says, when they have this reunion with their birth parents, Mm -hmm. the feelings and the need to bond is misinterpreted. Yes. I, I, there is a very specific, I've watched, I've watched every single episode (laughs) of Law and Order SVU. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is a specific episode that covers Basically, exactly yeah. this. A girl who was adopted at a very young age, and it's, um, <laughs> I, I believe, if I'm thinking of the correct episode, um, James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek <laughs> is the one who plays this 
biological dad. dad. I th- I think in this case he's like actually like a sperm donor. Oh, sort of weird. thing. And the girls find out. Yeah, yeah. You know, my parents aren't my biological parents, and yeah. then they meet up with him. But he's his intent is to create these sexual relationships with these oh. young women. But knowing that once they unite, they might have that reaction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure the psychiatrist in the show explains it, explains him. why these <laughs> yeah. connections happen because of just like what you said, yeah. that, that strong desire to bond mm-hmm. and, oh my gosh, this is my dad and I finally have this and I want to yep. have this relationship and then feelings, especially in a young impressionable, not just female, I could see it happening to males as well. To have that relationship you say not that, be understood correctly. And I thought about that as well. And Karen and I were talking about it. And I don't know if it's just the way that it's reported or studied or whatnot. But the majority is adopted or females that mm-hmm. were not with the bio parents mm-hmm. since birth. And reuniting with the male figure. Right. That they seem to have that connection more. I'm sure it has happened where a male meets the the mother. Sure. I couldn't find many things on that. No, but I'm sure. If you <laughs> and then Kara just st- blamed it on men. She's like, man, it's always a fucking dad. <laughs> no, but I'm sure if you could find information on it or one day if we have statistics on it, it's going to show disproportionately right. in the uh, relation of a daughter to a father. dad. Yes. 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 And, you know, and I think after 18 years of, and, and I would want to know that whether Katie knew from the beginning, from very young on, if she was adopted and she always had this need, want to want to know their, her biological parents, mm-hmm. or if it's something that was a very young thought for her that she mm-hmm. just learned as she was getting closer to 18 and, you know, she hurried up and, and made these feelings and thoughts about it without totally. thinking stuff through. Right. What I did see over and over while I was researching GSA. Sorry. Do I have a booger? I feel like I have a booger. <laughs> you do. I can't I see might, it. I might leave that on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> was that should parents or should kids want to meet biological parents or any, you know, family in that like sense, like you said, a sperm mm-hmm. donor, etc. It's highly recommended, highly recommended that they do it under some sort of supervision, like a therapist supervision, right? So that someone can develop and understand their feelings, help mediate those emotions, yes. and help them navigate yes. through all of that. Because it's. It, it could be biological to a certain degree. It's, you know, it's mental that our brain wants and needs that connection. And sure. you meet someone, you might look like them and you, you know, you instantly feel that connection, but you're just misinterpreting it. Totally. Um, For romantic stuff. So highly recommend it that if they do it, they do it in a therapist uh, setting mm-hmm. so that it's not, it doesn't go this route. Right. <laughs> so interesting facts, though. Here in the U.S. at least, and I know there's like maybe a handful of places around the world that allow ancestral marriage. Yeah. Which, hmm, this is weird, but like to each their own. Do I think it's weird? Yes. I think we're like 
biologically, mentally wired to like not accept it because it's not the norm. Mm -hmm. But I can say that about a lot of other types of situations and relationships and, you know, people might feel the same way, vice versa, about other things. Sure. So who am I to judge? Right. Right? Am I going to judge? Maybe. But. (laughs) Yeah. um, At least like father, daughter, I'm like, ah, that's weird. That's weird. Come on. Well, and not only that it's father-daughter, but that it's also adult to minor. Yes. Also, when that... Yes. Not saying that that's always when the reunion happens, but I think that adds an extra layer of complexity to the situation. Like, there's an adult in the situation. Right. Yeah. That has... I mean, in this case, that clearly has a pattern of going after and pretty much textbook grooming... Yes. ...young girls... And so you're hard-pressed to convince me that this is just a normal medical diagnosis. I mean, from my standpoint, taking in the consideration of all those factors, like, yeah, have a diagnosis for it, but that's that's a disorder. Yeah. And feel free to edit this part out, but it makes me think of how the the diagnosis of... uh, MAP, a minor attracted person, is now oh, becoming this diagnosis. I'll like, go on the record saying that too. No, you don't no. get to just casually, clinically come up with this new name no. for pedophiles. No. It's disgusting. Yep. I mean, sorry guys, those are my personal right, feelings We're on tangents, on it. but it's, it's along yeah. the same lines where, you know, they have a situation and it's being justified by this like fake science you know it's um it's trying to be clinical you know right putting like a clinical sense when it's like no that's no no not okay and you know there's some places that do at least in the u.s there's a couple states so of our 50 nifty states there is a couple of them that (laughs) i haven't heard that song in a while um that allow ancestral marriage to as long as you're separated by a certain degree. Sure. So if you're second, like second cousins, cousins yeah. you can marry. Right. And in some places, there's uh, some states that allow for you to be together, but not married. Mm, like so you can't get a marriage. Yeah, you can't get a marriage license for it. Sure. Um. But it's, um, there's, depending on your separation of familiarity, there, you might be allowed to either be together or actually obtain a marriage license, at least here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, um, why or how that's come about or if that's going to change anytime soon or if other states are going to allow it or, you know, not allow it anytime soon. Um, but it just, the reason why some laws have been put into place for that it's because if you are to have offspring a hundred percent it's going it could affect yes their genetic makeup yes and the their overall health, health. yes yeah. and i know there's some kind I, I can't remember the country but there's a country that allows ancestral relations or marriage with same sex they're like fuck it go ahead do what you want to do yeah, you're not gonna procreate because they're not gonna have any offspring right they're like fuck it do you know what if you're gonna split the bills do whatever you want sure <laughs> yeah. sure so i mean 
It's weird. It's one of those things where I'm like, to each their own. Do I don't I don't like it? Sure, it's not for me. <laughs> am I no no not I at mean, all. Am I am I gonna have a lot of questions if I actually meet you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be like, what? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just weird that they're, um, not, and I say there because I don't know exactly who came up with these studies and that's the, the fault in some of these like made up diagnoses. Right. Mm-hmm. But in something that I was reading, it was, it was a psychologist condemning these GSA diagnoses as you know pseudoscience and they're doing more harm than they are good because they're allowing they're condoning this behavior reinforcing it yes you're you're giving it the green light Mm -hmm. to it exist and to um be looked at as okay yeah so yeah that's the case of the plato family wow that's yeah all of that's sad but poor baby bennett my goodness, yeah. So it didn't need to happen. Did that not need to happen. Did not need to happen. And for all accounts, everything that I can find, he was a beautiful, healthy boy. Sure. Um. So he like dodged a bullet, but he was a good, healthy Ugh. kid. Like there, as far as he, when he was seven months old, there was no health concerns that were known or anything like that because right. of his dad being his grandpa, yeah. <laughs> and his mom being his own sister. That's messy. I remember. Is that his sister, mom? It's because it's, it's his dad's a, child too. Yeah. So so. No, maybe it's not this. Okay, but it just makes you think. My my dad's a musician. He's you know been in bands his whole life, and for a hot second, his ba- his band's name was Uncle Dad, because they just thought it was funny. And then you get older, and you really start thinking like, about it, oh. and it's like. Yeah, good thing you changed that back to Mr. Big Pants. Because, <laughs> Mr. Big Pants? Because yeah. Uncle Dad was not not, not a good look. Wait, is Uncle Dad the Mr. Big Pants? <laughs> this is great. I can't wait to see him again. <laughs> I don't even think they know what it means. I'm sure it was a name been, come up with over a drunken you know, night of recording or something I've like that. I've been on a let's make a t-shirt for it kick, so <laughs> let's slap that on a t-shirt. Mr. Big Pants. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, let's make that t-shirt. Okay, so that was the Plato case. Um, fun, interesting, and and I, sorry, I'm like flustered over this because I'm pretty sure this is like the first full-blown ancestral relationship case that I've covered, mm-hmm. and. From what I read, there's a shit ton more. Right. There's a lot more. So oh, I'm sure. brace yourselves. You might have a little more incest coming. <laughs> a little more Uncle Dad. We might have gone down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so just because it just like it, I I want not that, like I said not that I want to learn, but I want to learn more about it. Yeah, and it would have been sister mom. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, it would have been sister mom. Have been sister mom and dad grandpa yeah well daddy pa and yeah sister ma and great what is grandmama grandmama <laughs> poor bennett oh lord yeah i got fucked up real quick yeah I sure did yeah all right messy. um so 
So before we leave, we want to make sure that everyone's aware this should have come out December the 12th, Monday, December the 12th. And so we're in mid-holiday spirits. And if you haven't already joined us on Instagram to follow the cases and funny stuff that we post on there sometimes, we will have a holiday giveaway. We're super pumped about the stuff that's going to be included in the giveaway. We have some big hitters, a couple podcasts are collaborating as well to put in a really nice big package for some, uh, for the giveaway. The rules are going to be simple. Um, it'll be all posted on the Instagram once we have it all laid out, but pretty much the like, share, follow normal yep. things that you guys normally see. But yeah, it, um, we had this idea to do a holiday giveaway and Fatina reached out to a bunch of people. I reached out to a couple and we've got some really badass stuff coming for you guys. So please get on the Instagram, follow and look out for those posts because you're not going to want to miss out on an opportunity to win one of two. I think it's going to be two, maybe three, depending on how much stuff we get. Sure. Um, but we got a lot coming. Yeah. So it's going to be Super awesome. Excited. Super awesome. And... If you haven't already visited us on Patreon.com, the Patreons got their Britney second episode earlier than everyone else. They got it a whole week early, so they didn't have to wait for the cliffhanger, which is a good one, by the way. Great cliffhanger, but if you didn't want to wait, you could listen to it on Patreon a whole week early. Um, and you can become a Patreon, just like Sagin, our newest Patreon. Welcome ah, to our Patreon, Sagin. Thank you. And um, that's patreon.com forward slash Stranger Danger Podcast. You can also link to the bio on Instagram. Yes. All right. See you there. Bye. Bye. Guys.